because I'm going to talk about my uncomfortable couch first that I'm sitting on. How uncomfortable is your couch? Very uncomfortable. Well, now why is that? Because it's leather, and I always wanted a leather one. And now you got it, and now you don't like it. And now I don't like it. But it looks good, so i got to keep it. That's, that's, that's like a typical old church lady response, you know. <laughs> looks good, so i got to keep it. <laughs> All right. I grew up just like any other kid in Oakport, Newfoundland. Around, on, sometimes even in the water. I grew up wanting to be a sailor, uh, just like my father. Eventually sailed on ships all over the world for 20 years. Then I met this guy, Greg Wells. He bought a 100-year-old church in my hometown. Along with a great team of people, there's some very special things happening there. My name is Ryan Gates. This is my hometown of Winter in Newfoundland. This is Downey's Bank, Silly Cove Records Podcast. All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to episode six, another episode of the Downey's Bank podcast. Today, I'm joined with a chair of Trinity Hall Incorporated, Ms. Rhoda Head. Welcome to the show, Rhoda. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you very much. So, I had always planned on having you on for an episode, uh, and sooner than later. But out of the gate, of course, uh, we wanted to really give people a little glimpse inside Silly Cove Records and the artists and stuff, and Greg and, and his view for the whole thing, and help him get a bit more word out about what this was all about. But it was real important to me to get you on soon, and sooner rather than later, um, to talk about about the involvement of the community and our group. And when I say our group, I mean our, our board, because I'm also a member of the board for Trinity Hall Incorporated. Um, and uh, and what that means for the community. But, like I said, we had to get talking to Greg and talk about Silly Cove Records and, and make sure there was a clear picture out in the world of what this was all about. And I couldn't think of a better time to get you on than uh, today. Uh, so for, it, the dust has finally settled. We're a week past uh, what was probably the craziest weekend I've had in Winterton maybe ever when it comes to busyness and, and excitement around the town. We had our grand opening last Friday, uh, last Friday was yes, it was yes, last Friday. You're right. So Friday, which rolled into a concert that night, it was seven hours of music led into a concert that night, which was Courtney Wick's album release show, and so that was another hour of music uh, late in the late in the evening for uh, for a sold out crowd. Uh, that rolled into Saturday for a second sold out show in the afternoon for Courtney and her album release. Which rolled right on into uh, a master class with Greg Wells about record making, where we had a hundred participants come out from all over the island: artists, uh, musicians, record producers, audio engineers, you name it, showed up literally by the busload uh, to Trinity Hall to take in a, a class from Greg, who does the same class every other year in France for a lot more money than anybody paid for it in Newfoundland. So uh, a real treat for everybody. But that's enough for me on that. I want to know what uh, what your big takeaway was. I mean, let's we'll talk about we'll talk about the grand opening and all that stuff in more detail as we go here. But what was your big takeaway? What was your did, when you when you think about the grand opening? What was the, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? The grand opening of Trinity Hall was such a highlight in my life, and I think the most important thing that I saw through that, what I came out of it, was the when we opened that door to the public for the very first time as open. Uh, we were walking down through the main hall of, of the, the building and, and uh, Greg looked at us and said, let's go do it. And I said, 
do what? He said, let's go open that door. We walked down, four of us uh, was Greg and Steve Crocker and, and myself. And uh, got out to the porch and he opened the door. And when he opened the door, there was a lineup of people wanting to get into the building because it was open. And as they walked in that door and walked through the porch and walked up to the sanctuary and found a seat, there was a smile on everybody's face. But I think the biggest smile of all, and I couldn't see it, was on mine because I was so happy to have that door open again. It was closed for several years uh, when the church closed. Um, we didn't know really what the future would hold for that building. But when we opened that door on the 19th of May, I thought, well, it's done. All of our weeks and months of planning for that magic day has come. And uh, we welcome everybody in that day. And from 12 o'clock right up until probably 7, 7.30, it was just a nice flow of visitors, of guests, of performers, musicians of all different kinds, walking through there and just enjoying every minute that they were there. And it seemed like they were enjoying it because you could almost see it. You could feel the vibes, the good vibes from every person they spoke to. I couldn't agree with you more in that sense, because that's one of my main takeaways, too, is that aside from the fact that we were we had amazing food, we had amazing musicians, uh, there was a warm feeling. And when I say warm feeling, I don't mean actually temperature warm, even though there was finally for the first time in God knows how long it's been since there was an actual heat in that building. Uh, but there was a real warm vibe about the people and about the day and the situation. I mean, we had rain for four or five days leading up to the event. We had rain started then it Greg got on the plane and headed back for LA. But for that weekend, the sun was splitting the rocks all weekend. It was a beautiful, beautiful weekend and people were in such good spirits. I don't think any of it was by accident, by the way. I'm a firm believer in all that good stuff. But uh but yeah, it was uh it was a real special day for a lot of people, young and old too, because there was young people who passed through that building because we always we always focusing on the, on the elders of the church and the people who were in their seventies, eighties, and nineties coming in uh, who had, you know grew up in the church and that's all well and good. Uh, but there was also young people who came to that church who was never in there before. Uh -huh. So had this project not started, those young people uh -huh. would have never seen it, never that's experienced right. it, never known anything about it. So we always tend to focus on the past generation and on honoring what they put in front of us. But it's really important to realize. To me, uh, the next generation. I mean, I guess that's where I got small kids. I mean, you got you got grandkids of your mm -hmm. own now as well. Mm -hmm. I um, do. And putting putting something in place for those people to look back on, not just a legacy from their dad or for their grandma or whatever things that they they they, they helped build, but something that they can kind of grab onto in their own way when when time comes. Maybe not at Trinity Hall, but in 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 a, in a similar regard. Mm -hmm. So that's what was important to me about. The whole project was 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 that tying of generations together, and you're right. It was all smiles all day, and you are correct. Yours was about the biggest. I could have. Uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't help it, Ryan. I just couldn't help it. <laughs> I could have drove a I could have drove a basketball down your throat from across the room, no trouble. No, it's a big old smile. It was, just was, came automatically. Yeah. yeah. And you know, as I looked around that the, that sanctuary that day, I could see people just looking up around, and. I don't know if people ever noticed it before, like years ago, when the church, that building was a church, and you went there to worship. 
because your focus was more on different things. Your mm -hmm. focus was probably was on the choir or on the priest or whoever was there. But now I could see people looking up around those big white arches and all the beautiful architecture that's there. Those stained glass windows, that pipe organ cabinet that just embraces the top of that stage. And, and people were just in awe and saying, wow, this is just a wow. And the people I spoke to just said basically the same thing over and over. It's so nice to be in here again. It's so nice to see this building beautified because, Ryan, as you know, that building itself right now is in probably the best shape that it's ever been in in a long, long time. I'd We've go as far as to say as ever. I, I can't imagine. Maybe being, ever, there, yes. There, there are some things, of course, like like any old building that will need to be addressed, that, but it's more or less more general upkeep than it is full-on repair work like obviously it's going to need some shingles in coming years and da, uh -huh. da, 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 da. there's going to be some you know obviously issues with floors and stuff that need to be adjusted and this and that but nothing that can't be done and certainly nothing yeah. that won't be done uh so yeah if you look right back to when that building was put there in 1904 um you're kind of back to there again because like I exactly mean, remember when the contractor was just trying to get the stage ready for us and he, he had to lift up so many platforms you know you and hmm. i took one up one day, the very first one that the altar was on, right? Mm -hmm. And we went down to another one and another one. But um, when they saw the woodwork and the beams and the structure underneath that stage and underneath the main sanctuary, they were thinking, wow, this is strong. And I remember when we got the upright piano delivered there, it was very, very heavy. And when the men lifted it up steps, on stage the boards cracked and, we, and i thought oh i held my breath and one of them spoke up and said hey don't worry there's a lot of strong structure underneath this that is a board crack yes but it's just the top top story it's because there's several underneath there yeah and you wheeled it over to the side and and I talked to two or three people that day about that concern that I had. And they all said, look, that piano will not go down through that floor. Not a chance. So I felt better yeah. because I had a fear. I would go over there, checking on it, and the piano would be down somewhere underneath that stage. But it didn't <laughs> happen. <laughs> no, I haven't, haven't gone up under the building myself multiple times. There's so much lumber there. And I mean, the thing is, this lumber has been there for over 100 years, 125 years old. It's been sitting there with wind blowing past it, drawing out. So, of course, it's going to crack when when, when, when people walk on it, when people, when you, you, you wheel an 800 pound piano across it, of course, it's going to, you're going to hear cracks and groans with releasing the tension into wood and everything else. But there's nobody going down through that stage. <laughs> Not a chance. So, I don't <laughs> but I can understand your I can understand your fear at the same time, even more so when we delivered uh, a grand piano to Trinity Hall and That's right. and had that propter, which is arguably twice as heavy as the upright. So, uh, but here we are uh, again a week later. Um, we put through we guesstimated based on you know uh, tracking on our system, which we had in, we had a digital system for tracking people in and out to make sure we didn't go over our fire capacity. Uh, we estimated somewhere in the vicinity of five to 600 people, and that was a very rough guess. Could have easily been more. Uh, mm -hmm. 
because of how we didn't have to track them on the way out when we closed the building because there was no need to. Everyone just left. But long story short, uh, you know, we 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 seen we seen at least five hundred people, and uh, and like you said, there was no time really. There was always a lineup, but there was no time when there was more than ten or twenty people out by the door, and that moved mm-hmm. really quickly. As one person would show up, somebody else would be let in, and someone else would leave and go home. And that being said, there was a few people who stayed for seven hours. God love them because they they just couldn't they couldn't bear to leave. But I, did, I, want... I did talk with some people like that, and they yeah. said I just couldn't leave. I'm sorry, but I just couldn't leave. <laughs> no, and I think that's fair. I think we need to touch on though for anybody who doesn't know you and doesn't know Winterton, because we do have a lot of people who watch this podcast. Oddly enough, I had, the amount of people who I met actually at the grand opening who came along, shook my hand, said, "Ryan, I'm." really enjoying the podcast when are you doing another one it's like it was i'd say 20 people at least so to me who when i started this wasn't expecting anybody to watch it except maybe me you greg Courtney. you know <laughs> i mean i wasn't expecting a big crowd for, for people to be enjoying it and enjoying the storytelling and and the inside scoop uh it, it's it's real it's real special to me so you know all that to one side of it the podcast uh i think it's really important that people who again who who aren't from Winterton or who don't know me or you that that will I, I think it's really important for you to touch on your history with the building because if you don't know you don't know uh, so touch on it from childhood up okay I uh, I was born and raised in Winterton I'm a member of the Pinhorn clan now uh, the Pinhorn clan has been in Winterton on forever I suppose and uh, they've been more or less uh, in one spot here in the town over on what we call Pinhorns Beach so that's where I grew up Um, and of course most of the the Pinhorn clan were of the Anglican faith and so naturally uh, I went to St. Luke's Anglican Church um, all my life brought there to be christened, confirmed married there Uh, and over the years after a while when I became an adult and and, and on my own more or less I joined the vestry I joined ACW I joined everything they had to do with that church I was involved Mm. Uh, even to um, the GFS used to be years ago and different things like that whatever was going on over there a fundraiser a special event a celebration of any kind I was there However, over the years, of course, uh, attendance at churches, not only St. Luke's, but in general, more or less got low, and uh, we we would fundraise just to keep our door open. Mm. So eventually, of course, it closed, and I was so deflated. I don't know if I've ever felt that same way about anything other than that. actually felt deflated the last day that we closed the door, Locked it, not knowing when it would open again, or to what, or to where, or when, or how it would go. That building was so beautiful, and we always considered it a special place because it was so historic. It was a historic building for this whole town. However, a couple of years went by, and uh, we we said it was sold. Someone said the church is sold. Who got the church bought, I thought. And someone said, oh, it's a, it's a musician from the States somewhere. And that's all I knew. And I didn't really look into it very much. But at the time, I just wondered, oh, what's going to become of that building now? Who's going to, whoever it is, what are they going to do with it? 
anyway, I, I just uh, looked around and just asked questions here and there. I found out he was a musician. He wanted to turn it into an art center, a music center, recording or whatever. And all those details came around. And I thought to myself, oh, that sounds pretty good if that's going to be true, if that's reality and this is actually going to happen. And then I got involved and I said, well, if I can do anything, anything at all, to see this come true, I will do it. Mm. And when I got involved in it, I made that promise to him that, look, I will do whatever I can to see your vision come through for Trinity Hall. Yep. And I have not looked back to say, oh, I'm doubtful. No, there was no doubt in my mind that this will happen. No, I, I agree. And now that door is open, I cannot see it going any further than up. Yeah, absolutely. So what about your personal life now? How is the project and getting out, out in the community and getting back involved in a bunch of stuff? How has that affected your personal life, you know, in and around the town? Well, I got to tell you, Ryan, my children will say to me, Mom, you don't come in anymore because they're both living in St. John's and Mount Pearl. We don't see you very much. Every time we call, there's no answer to the house. Uh, when we try to chat, you'll say, yeah, I'm okay, but I got to go do this now. And I reassure them that, look, I love you both dearly. I love you both more than anything or anybody else in this world. You and my grandkids and your families mean the world to me. Look, I have a little project on the go. Exactly. Yeah. That occupies my time also. And they say to me, but mom, it's not a little project, is it? And I say, no. This is huge. Yeah. It's huge. And I'm enjoying every single minute of it. And yeah. of course, uh, they've accepted the fact that I'm not always to their doors. They accepted the fact that they can come home anytime and they proved it mm. on the grand opening day. Some of them were there and my son could not be there. But that night before, this big old bunch of fresh tulips came to the door Sweet. and it was from him. Yeah. It was from him and it was addressed to me, but it was meant to go to Trinity Hall yeah. because he had a little card in it. Congratulations yeah. on your grand opening today. Mm. Nice. So that's the way I feel about it, Ron. Yeah, no, and, and it's really funny because you, you, you mentioned your daughter who's, I mean, Andrea's only, I'm going to say, three years older than me, maybe four. She was just finishing high school roughly when I came into it type thing. It wasn't, uh -huh. uh, we we're far enough apart that we didn't really grow up together, but I mean, we knew each other, of course, the entire time we were growing up. Uh -huh. But I spoke to her uh, multiple times throughout the weekend because, I mean, you know, uh, I've always, I always liked your daughter. She was, you, you did a great job with her first and foremost because Thank she was you. always, she was always nice to me no matter what. She was always just a, a lovely person to be around. Uh, I think it's the world. I think she's wonderful. But I, uh, I, I stopped and spoke to her one time, just in, just in passing. And I, 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 I said, your mom's having a pretty good day. And she said, Ron, she said, I can't remember the last time I see mom this happy. 
So I'm sure your kids are really enjoying that you're enjoying the program, the the, the project as well. Mm-hmm. They are now, but at first it was kind of hard <laughs> for them to accept the fact that they were not getting all of my attention. Oh, well, that, that sucks sometimes, but that's it, kids, suck it up. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> that's right, suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get back to the grand opening. So we got your history. We got the we got the the uh, the, the Coles Notes version. I mean, incredibly Coles Notes version of of the, of the history, your history in and around the church. But grand opening. So we come up with this idea of just a, a free for all of a day, and it, it kind of came out of nowhere. We didn't really put a lot of thought into how it was going to be. It was we tossed some ideas around. Greg said, "Well, this is what I think would be cool." And we said, "Okay." Like that mm-hmm. conversation lasted mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe five, ten minutes. It was nothing, mm-hmm. and it was done. He was like, "This is what I think would be cool." I said, "Well, we could do it like this and this and this." And everyone said, "We can add this, add this, add that," and it was done. Now mm-hmm. the actual pulling all that together took months and months, but we ended up with a seven-hour music uh, show, which I didn't. I, I still haven't counted up the acts that we had. I think it was close to close to 15 different performers on stage in, in duos or singles. But uh, we had food provided at no cost from a local restaurant in town, uh, uh, Silly Cove Foodery and Public House, which is becoming a fan favorite, I think, across the island. People who are visiting are raving about the restaurant. They are. Um, and, and then, of course, we had there was, a, there was a few nice moments tucked in there as well. Like we had a, There was a, a, a nice little cake cutting, and then the cake was served out through whoever was in the building at the time. Uh, there was a ribbon cutting ceremony with a, a couple of very basic speeches uh, about about the the project and 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 whatnot. And there was a very nice presentation from the town of Winterton, which was again to, a surprise to me. I didn't know what was happening. A nice plaque uh, sent to uh, sent to Silly Cove Records uh, for mm-hmm. and congratulations of the opening of Trinity Hall. So they reckon they were able to recognize both parties because while while on paper we're separate separated. Uh, one doesn't work without the other. Silly Cove Records can't work without Trinity Hall. Trinity Hall no, you're right. never make it without Silly Cove Records. So um, we are one team, but uh, because of how logistically things need to operate, it need to be two separate things. And it was really nice to see the town recognize that as well and include both on, on the plaque for Greg. I know he really appreciated the, the gesture. So we pull all this together, and uh, and basically – um we had no problems we 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 put contingencies in place for just but we talked about it and talked about it and talked about it and talked about it at length of all the things that could possibly go wrong (laughs) i mean like we were dreaming up stuff that like people who are organizing concerts in new york city don't even think about uh and trying to figure out the best ways of doing things and you know what i i haven't heard one complaint from anybody about anything the entire day the food was delicious the Uh weather was beautiful Uh The, the, the shuttle bus was really convenient, so they could park wherever they wanted in town and get dropped off at the hall. The music, the, the entertainment was just world-class. Um, we made it through the first four hours of the grand opening before anybody went on stage who wasn't a local person. So it speaks to the talent that's in and around, and when I say local, I mean local to like Winterton, Hans Harbor area, uh, five minutes from the church. Um, so it's, that again speaks to the talent level and how steeped in music and the arts we, we truly are. And even then we didn't have everybody in the community who could sing and play. So, um, n- nothing, absolutely nothing went wrong. Um, but I got to get to, to, the major question, the question that everybody wants to know is what's your favorite thing to eat at the Silly Cove Foodery in Public House? <laughs> you shouldn't have to ask that, Ryan. I tell you, those cowboys. Uh, are 
unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. I cannot resist them. I went into uh, the annex on that particular day and I thought, I'm not going to go have something to eat because, I mean, I, I know we ordered quite a lot of food, but you never know. So during the war, the end of it, I went in and I saw there was a nice supply there because apparently uh, the caterers had to go and uh, top up the pans and, and that, that wasn't a surprise because uh, the food was so good. So I said to them, I gotta eat. What have you had to eat today? I said, really? Not much. <laughs> so they topped up a plate of cowboys because they knew what I wanted. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's a wow for me. Yeah. Yeah. The second one I think that would be my favorite would be the Silico Burger. Well, that's going to make for a real boring podcast because that's my two favorites as well. I would like to, I would really? like to elaborate a little bit, but I can't, I can't resist the cow bites. I can't. No, it's, it's I can't one, either. It's one of those things that no. like, they're just, they're too good. Uh, I mean, I, I grew up when, when I went, when I went to St. John's as a student, you eat a lot of fast food because back then it was half cheap too. You know, we're talking about 20 uh -huh. years ago, you could, you could get a decent meal for five bucks. I ate a lot of Chess's fish and chips. I ate a lot of big R fish and chips. Fish and chips is my thing. Loves it. Um, Nothing I've ever had compares to the cod bites at Silico Food or in Public House when it comes to fish and chips. It is yeah. by far the best, which really sucks for me because they're so good that every time I go there, I feel like I got to have them and then I don't get to have mm -hmm. anything else. I'm so, uh, but my next favorite, of course, you mentioned the burger. I, I had a throw at the nachos too. Their, their, their chicken nachos are to die for to do them the way nachos are meant to be done layered so there's there's layered you don't they don't just throw the chips on the plate and then throw some cheese onto it and hope you know so when you after you eat the top layer you're left with just a plate of chips no no no, no. there's cheese yeah. and toppings all down for that stuff and it is fantastic but yeah so i mean they catered the event they had um you know you guys went and had a meeting with the guys and at the restaurant the the owners uh we gregory did. karina mm -hmm. mandy and uh, uh -huh. and the, you guys came up with a nice a nice strategy for finger foods you know pub grub at a hot, slightly higher level than what you would normally expect yes. we ended up with cod bites uh chicken tenders onion rings and a really cool idea i thought was really neat was this flatbread pizza that they brought out yes which was, uh, which was yes. a huge hit too because that was a last minute thing by the way that yeah. was a last minute idea we we wanted four different ones mm. and we didn't know which which ones to get and then they suggested, well, how about the pita bread pizza? That seems to go over well. Oh, yeah, we'll try it. We didn't know if people would go for it or, or what, but it was they a big went for hit. It. Yeah, they it went a big for hit. it. Actually, last going off there at around uh, 8 o'clock that evening, me and Kelly Loader finished off the last slice. <laughs> I know, out there. <laughs> she had half and I had half. So He said, I haven't had much to eat today. Can you tell? <laughs> Kelly had half and I had half. So no, it's uh it was uh it was it was a great day. It was a great day all around. It was. So I guess um you know, all that to one side, where are we gonna go from here? So uh I guess this is we'll call this the road ahead with road ahead. Is that okay? Of course you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So the road ahead. Do that because the road ahead is going ahead. Yes. So <laughs> I think we might as well, I mean, we'll touch on the things that are booked, uh, which are confirmed. Um, mm -hmm. We just got news this, this week and it's out there in, in the public eye there that Pete Thorne, a uh, major guitarist, has worked with Melissa Etheridge, Don Henley from, from the Eagles, uh, most notably uh, last going off with Chris Cornell before, uh, before his passing. 
Um, major, major uh, guitar act. 250,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel. He demos gear. He's just an absolute master musician. He's going to come to put off a, uh, a master class. Likely two days, I think, is what they're talking about. It's a two-day thing. I think the first day starts around noon and goes on yeah. in the evening. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's been announced and is out there. Um, we've also got that's in August. We've got uh, Rachel Cousins, of course. Her show is coming up now on June the twenty-fourth, less than uh-huh. a month away. So, if you haven't got your tickets, uh-huh. get your tickets. Uh, I see. I checked the seating chart not long ago, and the seats are filling up. So that's great to see. Um, yes, I did too. I checked. Rachel is a Rachel's a real talented singer songwriter. I don't know what's better, her voice or her songwriting, but um, she's got a real silky smooth voice. But in her lower registry and her lower notes, uh, her her voice really soars for some reason. It's, it's a quality that uh, I, I haven't seen a lot in uh, uh-huh. certainly in local musicians, but in musicians in general, her her tones are really interesting. And and she's quite a she's quite a, a I'll call it charismatic performer when it comes to relaying her message before and after her songs to connecting uh-huh. with the connecting with the crowd so uh it's going to be a great show and we've because for us this is all about supporting local and supporting youth and, and all that good stuff uh we've got a great opening act coming on for uh for rachel in uh, Alyssa, emma and hillary uh three young uh-huh. girls from what we call down shore but uh, yes, they go to our local high sure. school which is in old yep. perlican of course and uh, they're over the moon excited to get their first real gig per se opening for uh, for an established artist here in Newfoundland. So all good stuff, all good vibes. And let me tell you, uh, we all know Rachel can sing. These three girls, who you're not you're not going to want to miss that. These 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 three young girls all have bright futures and whatever they want to do ahead of them. But if it's music, you can be sure that uh, that's not the last time you're going to hear tell of these 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 young ladies. So. Uh, getting out and seeing them and supporting them in, in their efforts, I think, is just as important as anything else that we're trying to accomplish at Trinity Hall. Definitely. It's so, so good to have the younger sit come in and do that. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited because and, and I'm so excited because they're excited. They've been messaging back and forth mm-hmm. with me about, about you know, uh, their, 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 their set that they're planning and the songs that they're doing. They sent me a voice clip yesterday of the three of them harmonizing together on a song that they're writing for for this show. Nice. Um, just lovely young people. Again, Young people whose parents have clearly done a really good job on them. They're very respectful, mm-hmm. very, uh, very well-spoken young ladies. And uh, I'm really excited to see what they bring to the stage uh, before Rachel. So mm-hmm. we've got that. Um, and there's going to be that, a, there's going to be a litany of other things. So we we, we have we have announced a choir. Um, we've got a choir visiting from Ontario, from Toronto. Yep. They they are from Toronto, and and they're they're the Islington United Church Senior Choir. Mm-hmm. Under the direction of Mr. Jason Locke yep. in, in July 1st at the uh, Yeah, so that's going to be a, a great little, I shouldn't say little, there's nothing little about it. They're, they're a well-established uh, mm-hmm. a gospel choir here in Canada, and they're coming to do this show for Trinity Hall as a fundraiser to help mm-hmm. make sure that we keep the lights on. Because I think what a message that, that uh, needs to get out there is that while Mr. Wells uh, made the capital investment to upgrade the building, because it's his building, it's up to us to keep the lights on. It's up to yes. us to 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 keep this keep this. That's why the board exists because uh-huh. Greg certainly doesn't have the time or capacity at this point with his job to be able to do hardly any of that, let alone uh-huh. all of it. So it's our job to figure out how to make Trinity Hall work uh, and best benefit the town of Winterton, the Trinity Shore, and uh, and the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. 
and at the same time, keep the lights on. <laughs> so exactly, um, exactly. I'm not stressed yet, but uh, no, don't get stressed, Ryan. No, I'm not going to get stressed yet. Stressed. Not yet, not yet. But we gotta, we gotta keep the keep the ball rolling, right? And uh, and if any, if we even get a portion of the support going forward that we had on opening day, uh, I think we're going to be well situated. So that's a little bit of stuff on the road ahead, as they say. So. <laughs> Of course um, it is. What about you now? I mean, we got to kind of kind of clue this up. But what about the, the the thank yous? You're our you're the matriarch of Trinity Hall, the 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 the, the grand Pooba, uh, all things. Oh come on now, come well, on. Well, well, That's enough the, about me. No, but That's you, enough about me. You got to uh, you. Well, okay, fine. But you got to give out some thank yous to the case. Yes, and there what are lots. <laughs> there are lots of thank yous. Yeah. Uh, I would be amiss to say that uh, only for the people who supported us throughout this journey, uh, it would not be possible. It would be so much harder on us to keep everything going. Uh, for the grand opening that day, we had so much support. The volunteers, they were just second to none. How we many? had a little meeting with them a couple of nights before, didn't we, Ryan? Yes. How many, how many was there? Because you did the schedule. I'm kind of thinking we had about 20, approximately mm. 20. And uh, we just outlined to them what we needed done. We had some tasks for them. We had some stations that they needed to be at at certain times. And they just took their places. They came there that day and they, they looked at the church. We had the church just stuck on the wall in the annex. But they knew anyway. But it was just there just as a reminder. Mm -hmm. uh, they went to their stations. And I can remember a couple of them when their hour or so was up, their relief came to them and they would say, oh, that's okay. I'll, I'll stay another few minutes. I don't mind here. And that's the kind of attitude that we we saw from all those volunteers. And and I, I really don't, I'm, I'm so glad we touched on that because I don't think the general public realized how many people were involved in making that possible day of because these a volunteers... Lot. Most of them, other than if you stopped and looked at a name tag to see that they were a volunteer, blended mm -hmm. in like they like, certainly did. You know, bunny in the bunny in the elder bed. But uh, aside from the people who were again outside wearing the wearing the vests and directing traffic and directing parking mm -hmm. and making sure things mm -hmm. stayed clear and and and, and clean, um, you wouldn't have noticed them. And no. so you're talking with twenty volunteers on the floor at any given time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you're talking about the seven And that's including members. the outside. That's yeah. including outside and outside, inside. Outside course, and inside. Right? Total, and, right? and your seven board members who are, uh -huh. who while we had hoped to take a day off and enjoy it ourselves, couldn't because we were not, 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 not wired that way. Exactly. No. I could have. No. We all could have, I guess. Uh, but we wanted to make sure it was as good as a success as possible. And it was. And uh, when it was all said and done, I think we could all be really, really proud of of everything that that went on there. I know I am. I, I know we all are. It was uh, yes, we all are. And yeah. a, and a huge, huge thank you, you know, to all those people who took the time and the interest to come in through that door, yeah. and, and just to sit back and, and enjoy the music, enjoy everything around them. Yeah. They are to be thanked also, yeah. because without those people, those guests, uh, we wouldn't have anybody there to to listen. Yeah. No, absolutely, and which leads me to the only other thank you that I had. I don't like naming people individually because I'm always afraid if you name somebody, you'll forget somebody. Uh -huh. But this uh -huh. one has to go all by itself, and that's Mr. Mark Feener. 
Yes. Mark Mark is our was our sound man for the show. And whatever sound man, that doesn't happen. Not it can, but not at the level that you heard. You know? Mm-hmm. We're talking about a world class sound. Greg has worked with audio engineers, sound engineers, other producers all over the world, all over the States. He's been doing this for a lifetime, like I said. And he, he's told me on many occasions, he said, Mark Feener is right up there with the best he's ever worked with. So that's, that's major props for a guy like Mark. Um, aside from the fact that he's skilled and knowledgeable in that stuff, he's also basically a Labrador retriever. I mean, he's, 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 he's got, he's, his temperament is just amazing. He's chill and calm all the time. Even when some stuff doesn't go around, he's like, no, no big deal. We'll just fix that. He's, we are so lucky. He's pleasant to be, to have mm-hmm. around. He's easy to chat with. He just, he's, he's an excellent guy. Sorry for Mark, if you're listening to, uh, compared to a dog, but Hey, the Labrador retriever. Well, he deserves it. <laughs> he deserves that. No. Everything um, needs to stick. So yeah. Um, because it's not just a show either. You hire a sound tech, a tech to do a show and sometimes they'll come in to do an hour and a half, two hour show and they're leaving. They're all like sweating and, and all worked up over the, the show. Mark stayed there for better part of nine hours straight, 10 hours Pretty straight. Good. Uh, without a break for the most part, uh, he had to sneak mm-hmm. out and grab a cigarette when he could and everything else mm-hmm. and, uh, hardly had any food throughout the day. And just, mm-hmm. there was like a I don't delay. Know if he had a cowboy or not, did he? I don't know. I hope not. I, 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 I tried to get all the cowboys for myself. <laughs> but he's anyway going for the cowboys to try it. It gets a little smack on the wrist. <laughs> but, uh, but no, Mark, uh, Mark was, uh, Mark was just phenomenal. And, uh, and like I said, the fact that we went through that many, that many, uh, performers, in seven hours with only a delay between performers of between two and three minutes uh-huh. off the stage, on the stage, plugged uh-huh. in quick sound check and go. Uh-huh. And Mark just made that role like better than any folk festival I've ever been to. Uh-huh. Cause that's the folk festival style we went with was just plug and go. Uh-huh. And, uh, I've never seen it done any more efficiently than what Mark did. Aside As from I all just the other, said, you know, we, we were so lucky to have Mark there. Yeah. And I mean, we can thank a whole lot more people, uh, I can thank the neighbors around Trinity yeah. Hall. I, I went to most of them that, who I could reach a couple of days before just to warn them of all the activity that will be happening there and maybe a little bit of loud music and maybe a lot of more activity than they would normally have. And I tell you, they were all so supportive of everything we were doing. A couple of them said, uh, there's space in in my driveway if you need it uh what would you like me to do for you and they're all there in support and and i thought that was really really good you know because it meant so much to me and i'm sure probably the rest of the board to know that our neighbors around us were aware and and supporting us in in whatever we were doing there yeah you know the 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 surprise for me uh, too like I, I try not to be, I, I like to think I'm not going to be surprised at these events. I like to think that I've, I've pictured everything in my mind, exactly how it's going to go. But when I walked into and, you know, over, over on the side table, uh, over by the piano, I noticed there was, you know, a box of chocolates, cards, flowers, messages from people just, just reaching out to say congratulations. Mm-hmm. That, uh, for whatever reason, that wasn't on my radar of things to suspect what happened. No. And yeah. it really... For those people who sent along those things, uh, or even the messages before and after of congratulations, whether it be Facebook or email, that stuff means a lot to me. I, uh, 
I mean, I've been doing volunteer work my entire life. I mean, this this is not boards and councils and committees and this this is not new to me in any way, shape, or form. I've been at it since high school, even before, um, and reached my adult years. But when the people take the time to say thank you or to say congratulations or to say any of that stuff, it never goes unnoticed because volunteers volunteers generally put in a harder day's work at volunteering than they do at their actual job. And that's the truth uh-huh. of it because, like you've said many times before, when it's something that you're truly, truly passionate about, it's the first thing that you think about in the morning when you wake up and it's the last thing you think about in the evening when you're going to bed. And you dream about it. Uh, yeah, and dream about it sometimes. That's true, too. That's some twisted dreams, too. It's true. But, but anyway, um, I think on that note, we've we've got all the thanks out. I don't think we need to thank this, the Foodery and Public House again because we talked about them at length, but thank you. And, and the other places also, Ryan, who, yeah, who true. cooked and prepared food for us. Yeah. We, there, there were several of them, all Crazy in the local area, and, too. Yeah. The one in, Her- in Hans Arbor, yeah. two in Hearts Content. Yep. All those people just prepared food for us, and we just had to. We we got volunteers go pick it up, and they did. It yeah. was amazing, the oh, help really and was. the support that we received. Yeah. So I guess that's the uh, that's the uh, that's the end of the episode. We've covered everything. There's nothing else to say. You have anything else to and, say? Uh, and you know what, Ryan? We didn't plan this, right? No. <laughs> How long did I know before it started? Uh, 10 minutes. Well, long enough for me to eat a chicken burger. Basically. Right. Long enough for me to run to the post office and back. Yeah. So uh, that's the beauty of podcast. Uh, when you get the right guests on, it's a casual chat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Air, you air your grievances and you air your happy thoughts all at the same time. And uh, there's not much grievances at Trinity Hall these days. We've got uh, we've got a lot to be yeah, proud of no. and a lot to look forward to. So I uh, I guess on that note, I'll thank you for uh for coming on sharing uh, sharing with me and sharing with the public uh your take on on the event and your highs and lows there was no lows but your highs <laughs> of the event uh, and, you're very and, welcome thank yeah, you no. for having me <laughs> no I, I i'd say we'll see you again sometime on the downings bank podcast but uh for now i'm gonna say thank you very much and thanks for sharing thank the bench you. at downings bank right on